Well, obviously, New Year might come with new financial stresses in business, uh, and it can lead some businesses to look for funding at any cost. Uh, But when those costs cross the red lines into fraud, there's really nothing to justify it. Gary Palmer is CEO of Paragon Lending Solutions. Gary, welcome. I'm sure you've seen it all, and I know it's a very competitive business landscape. But why do you think some businesses store resort to fraudulent activities to secure funding, despite the obvious potential risks involved? Firstly, thanks for having me on your show. Um, We've definitely seen an uptick. It's always around uh, Christmas time, around December, even going into January. You know, one always expects a slight increase in fraud. I've been in the the lending game since 2002. So uh, unfortunately, it does rear its head every year. But for whatever reason, and we'll maybe go through some of those reasons now, um, we've just seen a massive uptick um, in fraud from, you know, just, you know, when I chat to some of my clients or we see new applications or even talking to other lenders. And um, there's a few potential reasons for it. One, you look at the state of the economy. You know, it yeah. often comes down to also desperation. We look at the state of the economy. The economy hasn't grown. You've got interest rates at a 14, 15 year high. You've got uh, big inflation and people and that's individuals and companies uh, have been under a lot of pressure. So that's why we sort of expected to to see an increase in fraud and, and a lot of non-bankers, you know, have been trying to get prepared for this um, you ask you know why would people go down this road um, I don't you know at first you don't believe that people will do it like on purpose but people are are desperate and shorter funds so they unfortunately resort to some negative actions and obviously there are various kinds of fraudulent activity from inflating assets to fiddling the financial statements so yes. what, what are the types of cases that you've encountered in your experience at Paragon yeah, so one is um, is exactly what you mentioned. Is just a- around the financial information. So um, one is the disclose. So when one applies for funding, you know you have to disclose personal financial information, you know, assets and liabilities, together with financial information of your business. So that's where it starts. So we have definitely seen um, people under you know understating their liabilities. You know, and they and they have to sign off their personal statement of assets and liabilities. But one has to check these and go into a lot more detail and verify. And unfortunately, you know, when you look at it, you know, sometimes we've seen, I mean, I know another lender saw, um, you know, uh, uh, the valuations of the property were completely incorrect, overstating them in the balance sheet. So that's, so that's the quite simple stuff that one looks for. And, and it's completely unnecessary, you know, to do because, um, I mean, for clients to present the wrong information because the financiers always, you know, check this. But then it gets, you know, a, a lot more sophisticated. Um, and it goes down to, to even... You know, we've we've seen cases before where people fraudulently sign on behalf of others. So a deal gets approved and signing documentation and and you know, they don't tell their partners what they're doing or they don't, you know, if you look at the group organogram, certain other shareholders need to sign off. So they fraudulently sign, you know, on behalf of other parties. Um, but again, this has been going on uh, for many years. So that's nothing new. But what we have seen that is new is, you know, in the fintech space. So I'm not involved in fintech, but I know a lot of, you know, other lenders are. It, because, you know, a fintech you know, they, they are like a high tech, you know, low touch businesses. Yeah. It's all about volume. So, so it's just, and, and, and it's a fant- you know, fantastic industry because, you know, the turnaround time so quick, you submit documentation and that can be for lenders lending to businesses or even consumer lending. And what they've seen is a massive uptick in fraud. 
because there's a, a low touch environment, you know, and it's high tech, you know, you do get those, um, you know, syndicates uh, that are very, very sophisticated, especially now with AI um, and just, you know, you know, fraudulently, you know, going into other people's accounts. So they're really in that space, two types of frauds. There's an account origination fraud, which account is, you know, an account is open in somebody else's name where the fraudsters have access to compromised data from a company and then they go shopping or they they borrow money yeah. or an uh, you know, account takeover fraud where you take over somebody's account whether that's you know it, you get access to their emails or their sim swap so it wow. does get particularly uh, detailed in that space in the traditional lending space like the banks and certain non-bank lenders which are still high touch they would like we would like to see our clients we sit in front of our clients um, they you know we, we we have seen you know also an increase in fraud, but not to the same extent um, as the fintech um, yeah. players. Yeah. So, so that's Michael. That's on the lending side. I mean, we spoke to one of our clients who's a, a big, uh, a very big landlord, and uh, what they found is that somebody over again over December got into their systems, found the list of their tenants, uh, managed to you know create letterheads, fraudulently open up bank accounts and wrote to all the tenants and say, you know, please, can you now pay your rental into this wow. bank account? Wow. Um, so that we've seen as well. So there's so many examples, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And and as you mentioned, with technology and deep fakes and the ability to clone someone's voice, uh, to, to really mislead on a scale and uh, in a way that we've never had to deal with before, one exactly. can only imagine what new innovative ways um, uh, individuals or syndicates are going to come up with. Given this, I mean, how does one enhance the due diligence process to detect these kinds of activities? And uh, you know, let's talk about firstly your space, which is very high touch. What are yes. you doing to to try and stay ahead of the curve? Yes. So, so in our game in the past, you used to just rely on you know, assets and liabilities with certain verification. But now, you know, we, we you know we never meet a client, uh, never do a deal without meeting the client. We have to go and kick the tires more than what we've had to in the past. But also, you can use tech to your advantage. So, you know, um, you know, Google, which is, I mean, I know it sounds simplistic. Google, you 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 research uh, safely, which you look at if there have been any court cases. You know, the Hello Peters, detailed credit checks, and one of the keys is. Is, is references, you know, because um, the market, you know, is, you know, even though South Africa is a big place, the market is still relatively small. Um, and, you know, if, you, if you're well networked, you know, the reference component is is pretty critical. And then and then you do your detailed dive, you know, when they you talk about the eight C's of credit, you know, what, what is the collateral, what is the exit, what is the um, consistency of the information that you're getting. Um, and, and we follow a, a detailed process of assessing a transaction. And you can do it in a way that still doesn't compromise the speed in which you do the transaction. But if you slip up and you miss a control. So, for example, there was another lender, um, and this is quite an interesting story, where um, uh, somebody applied, had an unbonded property uh, or posed to have an unbonded property uh, for 10 million rand and they were looking for, for 6 million rand, um, you know, and it got approved by one of the banks um, only to find that, uh, you know, the, the, the individual that, you know, presented themselves didn't own the property at all. Wow. Everything was fake in terms of the IDs and all the documentation was fake. And unfortunately, um, you know, a company had lent money, you know, off the back of that approval and, uh, and now the money's gone. So um, it does get sophisticated. In the um, 
non-bank lending space in the in the fintech world, which you know, as I mentioned, I know a lot of players in that space. They're always trying to keep one step ahead, and so they've implemented, for example, biometrics. You know, within the apps, you know, facial recognition, thumbprint verification, and that has been to a point successful. But again, these fraudsters are now developing AR bots to replicate what a person looks like. So unfortunately, where you try and do good and, and lend money responsibly, one has to spend so much time and effort and money just trying to keep one step ahead of people that are, are just going out there specifically to defraud you. Well, it's, uh, it's remarkable the lengths to which uh, some individuals will go to. Uh, and, and equally on the other side of that, um, I mean, if you're honest from the beginning, I, I think you make a big difference in building long-term relationships with funders uh, can you do you have any examples where businesses honesty maybe in the application process mm-hmm. where they actually went over and above positively influenced your perception and relationship with that individual absolutely right i mean we've had situations where clients have come to us and just uh, you know admitted right I, I was in trouble on a previous transaction um i had one person that had a, a bad uh, mark on their credit report but they mentioned that to me before you know that's the critical part is in the initial introduction put all the cards out on the table they said this is what happened um this is how i've dealt with it i dealt with it responsibly I, I, either i made a mistake or it was a factor outside of my control but it did result in a judgment. And as long as that is disclosed up front, I promise you, when one discusses that with credit to say, you know, we don't, we never ever want to find out a fact like that, you know, yeah. after, afterwards, you know, after a meeting, then we go and do a deep dive. So we often say to our client, good, bad, or ugly, please, can you just disclose to us anything that we're going to find out anyway, you know, and, and one through those various mechanisms I mentioned before, we are, you know, the lenders are going to find out. So when they clients are open and honest up front we, we, we deal with it and we appreciate honesty um, more than anything and that is what develops a relationship yeah those um, old adages of uh, honesty still being the best policy when it comes to uh, applying for funding thank you very much Gary Palmer CEO of Paragon Lending Solutions uh, with the, the the dangers and some insights into how some individuals and bad actors are uh, continuing to commit fraud when applying for business funding here on Classic Business